All right, Emma, you good? Yes. All right. Uh, it's 9.03. We'll call this meeting to order. If everyone could please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Before I open up public comments, I'd like to ask us to take a moment of silence for the Villa Lobos family. The Honorable Mayor lost some close family members recently. Thank you. Are there any public comments? All right. Um, we're also going to be pulling 4.2. Mr. Valdez was at the meeting. We're going to move that to a regular agenda under consent. Outside of that, is there a motion to approve the, what, the other items, 4.1 or 4.3? Motion to approve consent agenda items 4.1 and 4.3. Is there a second? All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Okay, item 4.2. Um, approve the excuse absence for Vice Chairman Daniel Salazar, board members Brian Pinkerton, and not Renee Valdez. He was present for the January 25th, 23 regular meeting. I'll make a motion to approve. I'll second. That change. Is that good, Emma? Yes, sir. All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Okay, 5.1, updating presentation by the Atkins Group regarding the branding refresh project. Team, can you hear us clearly? Yes, I sure can. Okay. Gentlemen, can you hear them good enough? Let us know so we can turn up the volume or something. Let me go ahead and share my screen here. Give me one second. Let me know if you guys can see that okay. Is that coming up? Yep. Okay, great. Well, uh, thanks for uh, giving us the opportunity to go through this with you guys. Um, you know, I think we've, we've been talking about the, the brand project for uh, a, a little bit here. Um, the the goal here is really just to help define and codify the uh the, the identity of the island uh in an effort to help um you know really create consistent messaging consistent visual representation um and just you know give a consistent feel to everything uh that the you know marketing practices are, are doing uh for the island so this is um, not a fully final document yet, but um, ultimately this document will be kind of the brand Bible that we would live by. It is kind of a living document. So it, you know, there, there would be, you know, potential changes and tweaks and updates as we move along. Um, but the idea, like I said, is to, to provide that clarity and definition for the visual and verbal identity. Um, you know, this is the crafted representation of why 
South Padre Island exists, the purpose of the CVB organization, what it stands for, where it's going. Um, and, and again, this document defines those elements and captures them uh, in a codified form. And that'll help inform internal and external communications um, and, you know, would become, this would become the platform for all of the branded communication that goes out, uh, like I said, internal and external. So I'm going to walk through, there's kind of two parts to this. There's the brand guidelines and then there's some logo usage elements. So I'll go through the brand guidelines first. And this is more of like the philosophical backing and the meaning of everything. Starting off, we have this ownable brand idea. SPI is the best place in Texas to enjoy a tropical island escape. Um, so this kind of becomes the, the core principle or the, the, the brand idea that we would focus on through everything, uh, everything that goes out. Looking at purpose and mission, uh, it's to provide a year-round island escape for families everywhere. Uh, defining families here doesn't specifically rule out other uh, target audiences. Of course, we we are uh, you know inviting everyone, but families are the primary uh, source of of travel to the island, so we want to focus on them in our purpose. Chris, are you values? Chris, oh, are, go you, ahead. are you advancing a screen there? Because we're not seeing it. Oh, yes, I am. Um, hold on one second. It may be because I'm in full screen mode. Do you see that screen? Yes. The honorable brand idea? Yes. Okay, I can see what you're seeing now. Okay, yeah, I guess it was because I was in full screen mode. Okay, so here's the purpose mission. Sorry about that. And thanks for, thanks for catching that, Tom. <clears throat> um, and then, uh, so looking at values, so these are core values that we defined, um, you know, to, to help really uh, drive uh, the attitude and, and practices on the island. Um, so the first one is to embrace the island vibe. Uh, so we know that South Padre Island is paradise, and it has a feeling that's unique and special. And uh, so we want to be true to who we are in that island vibe. Uh, we wanna make it easy as a core value. So we exist for our visitors and our guests. So in everything that we do, we wanna focus on improving the experience of the visitors to the island. We wanna stay positive, right? We know that positivity breeds happiness and optimism draws people in. So we wanna always try and rise above negativity um, and focus on the positive aspects of whatever we're dealing with. And then, of course, focus on fun. Fun is what South Padre Island is all about. So we want to make opportunities for fun in every form possible and sort of make that our mantra and our calling uh, as a destination. We define this uh, strategic North Star as, uh, you know, and we call it that because it's a navigation point for the brand and the communications and, and everything that the island does strategically. Um, we wanna be the jewel of the Gulf Coast. So, you know, what that means is, you know, being the best of the best uh, island destination anywhere on the Gulf Coast. That is, uh, you know, an absolutely aspirational uh, goal for the island. Um, and it may be one that is never achieved, but it gives you that far off point that you can always steer the ship towards when you're looking at 
you know, a media buy or an economic development opportunity or anything in between, even a hire of a, of a new employee, um, focusing on this idea of does this move us closer to the goal of being the jewel of the Gulf Coast? Is it moving in that direction? Um, we want to we wanna always be trying to focus on that. Thinking about encapsulating this in a story is is helpful to uh, make sure that everyone understands it. Uh, you know, and so uh, we wrote this story. You feel it in the moment you drive over the causeway. That genuine island vibe welcoming you like an old friend. South Padre Island, the only place in Texas with emerald clear water, warm tropical weather, and miles of beautiful beaches. It has something for everyone. Whether you come for the beach, the food, nature, active sports, or just to soak up the sun and relax, you'll find what your heart is longing for because this is your island. And on your island, you can do anything and be anyone. No questions asked. There's no better place to take it easy and be yourself. So that gives everyone, you know, internally uh, a sense of what the brand is all about. This may never be anything that we put out there in the public sphere, um, but it, it, again, it helps kind of conceptualize uh, what the island is all about in story form. Key messages are important, um, and we've written these in a way that give us some versatility in messaging. Um, but we have four core key messages and then some, some sub points that we might make within each of those categories. The way we express these might shift based on the target audience or the particular uh, need that we have. So we tried to capture these in a way that that gives us what we need uh, from a core messaging standpoint. So the first one is your tropical island escape. Um, it's a true island paradise. It's remote enough to make you feel apart from the world. And we're the escape that our, that our audiences deserve or need. We're the best beach in Texas. We all know that. Uh, that is, you know, one of our strongest points. We have the clear emerald waters and the clean, pristine sand. Uh, the sandcastle capital of the world fits within this category of messaging. And then talking about, you know, water sports to horseback riding to lounging under an umbrella, you know, all of the beach activities would also fall inside of that key message. The third one, the easiest decision you'll make. We really want to capture this concept of easy um, and, and um, you know, that it's a no-brainer to, to come here. It's the best place to come for, for an island vacation. Uh, we definitely want to focus on the safe, family-friendly community aspect, affordable options from lodging to attractions. The gastronomic variety uh, is another uh, strong point for the island. And then being yourself with zero expectations is, you know, of course, very true to, to, the, to the place. And then something for everyone. This is... Uh, a bit of a of a catch-all but it was really important as we went through this to make sure that we we did capture that um, enjoying the island year-round is something that that we would fit into this music meets the beach with the fire nightlife you know again kind of focusing on some of the specific things best fishing in texas and then the the nature on full display um, all would fall within that category of key messaging Brand essence is uh, 
the definition of, you know, if the island or if the brand was a person, this, you know, the brand essence defines who that is. So there's two parts to this. One is keywords. So these are, you know, key sentiments or keywords that we would want to uh, be thinking about as we're developing copy for ads or content for, you know, written pieces or videos or whatever we're, we're building. Um, and it really just gives us a couple of, you know, key definition points for what we, what we are and, and how we want to talk about ourselves. But the, the personality aspect we've defined is the island soul. So uh, just to define that, we're the entertainer, the fun maker, the ones who bring light and joy into the world. We have the ability to see things differently, to give other perspectives and show them a world filled with happy things. We're the eternal optimists, the ones who see the bright side, who live without restraint or boundaries or rules. We live in the present for the moment. We have fun and we bring others along in our merriment. We think outside the box, we color outside the lines. We stay up late, eat and drink too much and always have a good time. We cut loose, we dance the night away with no regrets and no apologies. So that really kind of defines, you know, the, that personality of uh, who, we, who we are when we're expressing ourselves to, to other people through our marketing efforts. And defining the language a little bit more in this brand voice, um, you know, this helps us codify the written communication and copy. Um, so, and we think, you know, the, the mentality or the, the, the thinking here is, you know, it's coming from the perspective of the cruise director. If you can think about that, uh, that sort of personality. Uh, so, you know, language should be entertaining and enthusiastic with a welcoming attitude. We want to avoid being overly tedious and we don't want to over explain things to the reader or be negative. You know, we want to focus on um, enjoyment, having fun and, you know, being optimistic and those, the topics that we choose should, should, you know, factor into that. And then just some grammatical uh, technical things here. We want to be present tense, first person plural. So we are excited about the Sandcastle Festival today. And then always use active voice. That's always a better way to communicate uh, in marketing. And then below are just kind of some some sentiments that, you know, from an always, sometimes, never perspective that we want to make sure we focus on. So, you know, always be entertaining, fun, happy, welcoming, enthusiastic, accessible, optimistic, and dialed into what's happening locally. Uh, and we're also defining locally as South Powder Island, but also the, the surrounding area. There's, there's other activities to be done uh, to get people to stay here, but, but maybe, you know, expand their reach outside of our, of the, the island itself. Um, you know, we sometimes want to be funny. You know, I think funny, uh, humorous uh, materials can, can draw people in and, and they can work. I don't think it's an always thing, but sometimes that's good. Braggadocious fits with our personality. Um, we can sometimes be sarcastic or snarky. We don't want to overdo that, but, but there's a place for that. Same with colloquial, um, you know, <clears throat> I think being a Texas destination, we want to be particularly careful about colloquial, but again, I think it fits into the personality. And then same with quirky. Uh, we want to avoid going across the line into weird category. But if, if anything, the island is quirky, so I think it's good to build that in in places. 
And then on, on the never side, you know, we never want to be boring or tedious or pessimistic. Um, and, you know, on the bottom there, we never want to be mean or nasty. You know, we always talk about sarcastic and snarky. There's a fine line between that and mean. We don't want to go into the mean category. Um, so that's just an important note there. And then uh, lastly, in this section, um, we've defined uh, these eight sort of uh, core content pillars that we can build content around and tie back to the brand that we're that we've developed here. So family fun, you know, is all the things that a family can do on the island and the surrounding area. Um, gastronomy, um, you know, this is something that there's a really unique quality of gastronomy on the island where there's a lot of culinary options, the fresh seafood, cook your catch. Um, but there's a, a, a lack of pretentiousness there that I think is really attractive um, in the culinary world. Fishing, of course, is a really important uh, content pillar for us, talking about all the different fishing opportunities. Um, you know, we can talk about uh, guides, we can talk about equipment purchase rental options, things like that, um, to really, you know, sell that story. There's a, a, an abundance of educational opportunities on the island that we can talk about. Uh, and same with uh, outdoor activities. Um, you know, beyond water sports, you know, we have the golf club, we have horseback riding, and then even talking about all of the, um, you know, races and, and runs and sporting events that the island, uh, you know, occasionally sponsors, I think, are all fit into that outdoor activity category. Of course, we want to talk about the nightlife. <clears throat> um, you know, there are lots of exciting nightlife opportunities. Um, the catamaran cruises, all the live music venues. Uh, bars, karaoke, etc. Um, spring break, we categorize in its own content pillar. Um, there's, you know, as we know, a wealth of seasonal content about spring break. Um, we've got all the music events. We've got all the collegiate uh, aspects that we can focus on for that particular target audience, but also the family spring break opportunities or, or messaging to parents of college students to, you know, talk about the safety of the island and all the things that the island does to uh, maintain safety during spring break. <clears throat> and then ecotourism is another big element um, on the island. There's, there's a ton of opportunities um, for, you know, between the reef, Turtles Incorporated, you know, the birding center, all of the Laguna Madre, uh, you know, conservation elements and things like that. And then other, other elements in the area uh, uh, around the island uh, for ecotourism. So there's a, a lot of great wealth of content there. That gives us the eight content pillars. Um, as we get into, um, you know, the visual identity, um, one of the things we wanted to do here was um, update the logo uh, without without rebranding the island and, and, and pushing the cost of rebranding the island, we didn't want to do that, but we did want to uh, provide some tweaks. And more importantly, I think, add some defined meaning to the elements of the logo and, and make them a little bit more intentional so that we can expand the usage of them in a smart way. 
So if you look on the right-hand side there, um, the, the logo, you can see we tweaked the uh, South Padre Island uh, color. Uh, we've moved it from uh, the navy blue to uh, a dark teal. Um, we added the uh, tagline on there. And then we tweaked the colors. We deepened uh, and enriched the colors of the three umbrellas. But the most important thing we did here was give meaning to those umbrellas. So uh, we defined those as, uh, you know, the, the umbrellas provide a subtle connection to the beach and they symbolize shade and protection. But along with their colors, the three umbrellas represent the three overarching elements that make the island unique. So the ocean with the blue umbrella, the vibe with the pink umbrella, and the sunshine with the yellow umbrella. So we've, we've made those umbrellas mean something. There's a reason why there's three of them. There's a reason why they are the colors that they are. Um, and so, you know, that just gives strength to the usage of those, and it can maybe give meaning to other island partners um, to help push the, the usage of those umbrellas as they are. Um, we also defined this tagline, um, and those words are important, your island escape. Um, you know, we wanted to capture the unique quality of being an island. Um, you know, one of the things that is remarkable with other Texas Gulf Coast destinations is that several of them call themselves islands, but um, we're not sure, you know, where the technicality of island exists or not, but, but um we all felt that the feeling of islandness is more is stronger on South Padre Island than in any of the other Texas destinations. So, you know, we want to really emphasize that. Um, we also want to speak to the feeling that travelers get when they visit, so that sense of escape from everyday lives. But then, you know, uh, a, a strong element from previous marketing efforts is this this idea of it's your island, that sense of ownership really gives people the, uh, the freedom to, uh, you know, enjoy the island however they want to enjoy the island, right? So it goes along with everything that we want to say. So together, your island escape really establishes that core message and it conveys, you know, what we want to convey to, to our audiences. Um, the rest of this gets into some more usage stuff. I'll just go through it really quickly. Again, we've defined the colors here, ocean blue, vibe pink, sunshine yellow. And then we have island aqua and island aqua dark. Um, we added the dark in to give us some more uh, utility in, in some of the representations. A um, couple of notes here that we wanted to specify. Uh, we the, the preference would be full color logo on a white background that makes it shine the brightest. Um, if we did it on a darker background, it would we would want it on one of the aqua color backgrounds. Um, you can see the darker one gives it a little bit more pop. Um, but the other thing that we wanted to note here is that the umbrellas, specifically because we created the meaning around the colors. It's important that the umbrellas appear in the colors whenever they appear. Uh, one, there's a functional reason for that. You can see in the, the all white version, um, they kind of blend together. Um, so, you know, that's not great uh, representative uh, you know, quality. But, um, you know, the, because we've given that meaning there, it's important that they appear in the colors that, that they are. Um, and then this last page is really just technical stuff, you know, clearance and things like that. So we don't really need to spend any time 
on that, but just to note that we've we've defined you know the aspects of the usage. There may be a couple of tweaks in here on some some of the the nitty gritty specifics on the execution of the logo, but I think we're pretty pretty close to having it um, done. So um, I'm going to stop sharing and see if anybody has any questions for me. As the uh, brand evangelist of the island, I'm going to speak up here very clearly and wake everybody up and say, hey, this is really, really good stuff. I think that it becomes extremely important for us to recognize and understand that all of the work that's being done here can be essential to us, to be really meaningful to us, if we figure out how to use it. And Chris, I think that maybe uh, a, a, an explanation here, and tell me if I'm wrong, but anytime any of us in our own marketing ways, in our own marketing efforts, will take this whole book of brand standards that we're looking at, we have the ability then to increase our exposure and let the rest of the world see that we're unified in some way. The other things associated with that also become uh, we as an island have to use this more completely as well. I mean, how, how many times do we really see? We see umbrellas on the sidewalks around town. We, we, but how else can we begin to use this? This year is the 50th anniversary of South Potter Island. Are we going to use any of that kind of stuff? How do we make this mean something? Chris, you want to weigh in on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right on, um, uh, Tom. I, it, it is uh, it is really important that everyone embraces this. The more the more uh, consistency we have, that's, that's the whole point of of defining your brand like this is to drive that consistency. Um, we always say consistency and rep repetition are the two most important things in marketing and in branding. Um, so the more we can get all of the partners. To be singing from the same song sheet, you know, when when they're out representing the island at, you know, conventions or with with friends or or you know with their own customers, uh, representing the island in a consistent way, um, is is going to make all boats rise. Um, so you're absolutely right on on right on the money on on how you know this can be implemented beyond just what the CVB would be doing in their marketing practices, but but really everyone across the island, every partner, um, embracing this concept, this identity um, is, you know, would would, would make it uh, have its, its strongest life. As soon as we have this firm, I'd love to see some sort of a booklet, brand standard booklet that the CVB puts together and makes readily available to everybody on the island so that they understand. I'd like to see a workshop or something about it so that we get you know, individuals and companies and people in here so that they understand what it is that, that it's, in, it's done. Uh, the other day at the uh, Vacation Rental Managers Middle Mini Conference we have, I emphasize the fact that the city has a, a bunch of images out there that, that can reflect this, and, and the images that we have will continue to be updated uh, to meet these standards. But to be able to even for them, and, and Laura, you've gotten so I know a number of response requests for access to those images, so that, yeah, when we do our own individual marketing as companies out here, we still all, we go back to the images that fit the profile of what we're talking about here. They, so that when they use them online, then we begin to, people can say, oh, that's South Padre Island. When they look at any image, oh, that's South Padre Island. 
And, and there's ways to do that, and that can be done. It's not a matter of us just going out there and taking a picture of our camera and saying, oh, this is South Padre Allen. No, there's more to it than that, and Chris has just gone through a lot of that explanation. And I would love it if we, like I said, do, you know, twice a year do a workshop on this for people around the, the community so that we can do that. I also would love to see us find ways in the, in the town to better promote our own logo. You see it when you come across the bridge. You see it on the sidewalks, but where else can we do it? What else? I mean, how do we make the umbrella? Why isn't every umbrella company out here using just these colors, you know, for their umbrellas? Why is it they use something else? I mean, those kinds of things, maybe we can incentivize them in some way to do that. So there's just a ton of ideas and issues related to this that become so important in terms of a brand for the island. I just... Uh, and to, to, to add to what Tom is saying, I mean, I think absolutely 100%, Tom, you're right on. You know, the another way to state, state that is that this can just be a document um, but the you and the, the leaders on the island and the island partners give power to the document, right? So you, the, the more you embrace it, the more you use it, and the more you, you stick to it, um, the, the more it, the more powerful it becomes. So it, it's in, you know, it, it's the CVB can use this in marketing efforts going forward, but, but absolutely what Tom is saying, uh, you know, everyone embracing it, adds that extra oomph of power that's really going to make it, uh, you know, drive it home. Chris, I think your team did a great job putting this together. Um, the only things that jumped out to me that <clears throat> I may, and, and Lord knows that I eat and drink more than probably anybody in this room, but <laughs> the messages of do anything, drink too much, no rules, I am concerned that they, we may get a little pushback on that from some of our residents and uh, city leadership. Do you have any comments about that being a part of our messaging? I think you know what I'm referring to. Yeah, um, and and we we could tone we toned back that language a little bit. Um, we could tone that back a little bit further. Uh, like I would use have... the word indulge, but drink too much. I don't know that that's yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, Sean and, and uh, uh, yeah. you know that that that's definitely something that we can uh, pull back on a little yeah. bit. I, I like that. Yeah, in, indulge is a good word. Right. We, there are times of the of the year where we are extremely busy, and there's something we need to be aware of as part of our brand. That you know, when everybody please follow the rules. There are some rules. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That, that, that's, that's fair. Uh, so we'll, we'll tone that back in that personality slide. Thank you. Yeah. Can I bring something up real quick on the pictures? They're all great. Oh, oh sorry. On the pictures, they're all really great, but I don't see anywhere in there where you actually see the beach and you see people walking what looks like a beach, but people always that don't know this area, they'll ask me, Hey, what's the beaches like? You know, they like Destin or they like wherever. And um, I, I just I, I just think that somewhere, like on here, look at this, look at this, uh, at this board right behind us. You know, you got beaches. That's, that's kind of it. And we also taught ourselves as the sandcastle capital of the world. And don't we? Yes. And the fireworks capital. I, yeah. Of and, Texas or the world, I don't know. Yeah, well, but, world's relative. Yeah, <laughs> but 
I would think that we'd have at least nice clean sand and something behind, you yeah. know, a good photo, uh, photo opportunity and have the sandcastle built in a good spot. Mm -hmm. And Chris, it's it, really good point, Arnie. Uh, the, the, um, this does not, this is not a, a full, um, you know, the, the photography uh, elements that are in this document are not the definition of photographic standards. Uh, and we have had some conversations with Blake about the photo library. Um, and in fact, we, we had, the designers and I were just talking about um, ex exactly what you're talking about, about beach shots. We I don't think in the library there is a good collection anymore of, you know, beautiful beach photography. Um, so it is one of the things that we've discussed with Blake about doing, um, you know, an asset audit of, you know, identifying what photography exists. There are pictures that I think probably need to be filtered out of the library, whether, you know, for photo rights reasons or... Right. You know, we've we've talked before uh, several times about the the kids running on the kids running on the beach from you know 10, 12 years ago, um, or maybe it was twenty years ago. Anyway, you know those kind of images. You, you know, you have to constantly update your photo library, and I think the island is due for that that audit of photography assets, um, and you know maybe a consideration of new photography that might be needed um you know through some kind of a photo shoot uh so so that is something that we've discussed um uh and 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 i think you're right on in the need there of having that kind of photography but by having and this is your your, your point you make arnie is right and it's really good and it's important because but by now having this kind of document we know what direction to go in to be able to take what we're looking for and we're all on the same page that's what becomes, that's why this becomes so important is because we can then be all on the same page. We know what direction we're going in. We don't just have somebody going out there taking different huge pictures of, you know, all of the water's green or whatever it is, that whatever they want to make it. No, now we have a very clear standard of what it is that we want it to look like all over. That's exactly right. Chris, I'm sure you <clears throat> touched on it in your presentation, but I have to agree that in, in, including as part of our brand, our mentioning our beach quality and however we communicate that, photography, whatever the case is, it comes up so often when people visit us that they are, when they realize when they get here that our beach is better than our direct competitors. And they very much enjoy that. And we've, as we've discussed that, is it worth the extra couple hours driving to visit us? In their mind, yes, it is worth it. Um, so anything we can do to communicate that, I would, I would be in full agreement. It comes up quite often when speaking to our guest. Yeah, that is absolutely one of the core messages that you guys need to be telling. I mean, it, it is, you know, like you're saying, probably one of the most defining aspects of South Padre Island is the quality of the beach. And, so, I mean, I would think that you would want to build that into almost anything that you're talking about. And as part of our story, Blake, this, our beach renourishment, all of these amazing projects taking place, I think our visitors would love to see that. Mm -hmm. yep. so. no, and I just wanted to add one thing. I, I really like the way that it's all kind of come together and the way that it looks. 
Um, and on your, um, the presentation that we got actually includes an extra slide on here after the content or before the content pillars, it's audience touch points. I think one thing that we might be missing and we might need to address is the C in the CVB, right? The convention. So there's nothing on here that kind of mentions directly to the convention visitors and how the island affects that. Um, so maybe it's, it's part of the content pillars or it's part of the audience touch points where you go into like your segments. But I think we can actually do a segment on that directly to them so we can speak about the brand and the island directly to our conventions and visitors that way as well. I think that's a good point. And um, so we can we can certainly add some of that in there. I think another another element of okay. that um, that we can build into this is the the way uh, you know content is really important for meeting planners. Um, and the way we with the way you want to do content for that B2B aspect is a little bit different than than the way you do content for um, for you know reg, you know regular marketing content. So we can we can definitely write some things up and uh, and and build that into I think it's a really good point. Well, it touches on the easy factor, right? Yeah, absolutely. Easy so, is a big part of that for sure. All right. Chris, thank you very much for all your great work there, and uh, let's keep this thing going. And uh, this becomes our our project now to keep it alive and to really make it mean something out here. So, thank you. Absolutely. All right. Thank yeah. you guys. Have a great day. Hey, Chris. Chris. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much for your presentation. Uh, very cool. Uh, most excellent work for the, for the tag team. I also like to thank everybody on the branding committee. That, uh, that participated in this initiative. They all done, brought a lot of great ideas to the table. I'd like to thank Tom Goodman for his championship on this initiative as well and to see it through to completion. Um, and just overall, great job bringing this to the table. I think uh, you're helping us as a destination to find um, all of our, our internal and external branding ex uh, communications. Um, as far as implementation and the process that's associated with that, our team will take a look at that, Tom, and, um, and we'll come up with a plan. But I love your idea about a branding guidebook that could be shared to all of our branding partners and perhaps share that during our, our uh, CTA training as well to give everyone on our, uh, on our island uh, something to work with. Um, and I love the fact um, that you brought meaning to these three umbrellas. We look at them every day, you drive by them every day, right? And now we have something to to tell a story with and, and, and sell our destination with. So that's very meaningful. And uh, thank you for that. Excellent. Of course, thank, thank you, you Chris. Okay, let's move to item 5.2, presentation and discussion by the city of McAllen regarding the McAllen Holiday Parade. Now we don't have action on this, but does that correct? All right, thank you so much for your we're always excited to come down and see you guys and give you some additional details on your continued support. Uh, thank you, board members and CVB team for having us today and um, giving us your time this morning. And thank you for the moment of silence for the Villalobos family. Team McAllen truly is a family, and uh, we are all keeping them in our thoughts and prayers, so we appreciate it very much. I would like to introduce the team that is here uh, to give you more information about the 2022 McAllen Holiday Parade. Our assistant city manager, Mr. Joe Vetta, uh, sends his continued appreciation for your support of our event and um, 
believing in it and believing in um, the, tr the true partnership that it can be. So uh, he's traveling today, so was unable to join us. I'm Karina Jimenez. I'm the Deputy Director of Programs for the Parks and Recreation Department. Next to me is Cindy Trevino. She is the Corporate Relations Manager. And uh, with us also, we have Arturo Limones, who is the Marketing and Special Events Administrator for the Parks and Recreation Department. So uh, to kick off the presentation, we want to share with you a video recap of the 2022 McAllen Holiday Parade. Uh, you know, truly, it was a great event. Uh, we were able to implement a lot of new things, as we do each year, try to enhance all of our offerings across anything that we do as a city. Uh, our biggest fear came to life. It rained on our parade. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the resilience of not only our team, but also our partners like you um, who and our attendees who really stuck around, found a way to get out of the wet for a little bit. And then it was interesting. And you'll probably see it as the video progresses. While we were producing this video and our post-production for the national broadcast, um, the stands were a little bit, you know, sparse in terms of seating. And as the night went on, the rain was still there, but they kept filling up and filling up. And so people found a way to take a little bit of shelter, but they didn't leave. They came out and they enjoyed the event. So um, with that, I want to share with you the 2022 McAllen Holiday Parade recap video, and then we'll share with you some additional uh, details. Is that a different... Okay. Out of This World Fun made the holidays extra special this year as families visited the South Pole and beyond at the largest illuminated holiday and helium balloon parade in Texas, the 2022 McAllen Holiday Parade, presented by HEB and powered by Burt Ogden. This year, over 180,000 visitors arrived in the heart of Texas to give Santa a big Texas welcome to his warm weather home away from home, the official South Pole of Texas. The night began with the performance of a Lifetime, featuring Maria De Luz and hundreds of students singing the official McAllen Holiday Parade anthem. The fireworks extravaganza kicked off the parade to thousands of visitors, while celebrity hosts Mario Lopez, Linda Tovar, Danilo Carrera, and Liz Suarez shared a Texas tradition, the South Padre Island Vuelta Zone with the world, where iHeart's Tino Cacino and thousands of parade goers chanted Vuelta to cheer on hundreds of balloon handlers as they spun 32 giant character balloons in McAllen's balloon twirling tradition. And the new McAllen
Allen International Airport Skybox fan experience entertained a sold-out grandstand with the help of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. The South Pole and Beyond theme was celebrated with 55 illuminated floats handcrafted by the McAllen Float Studio, including the 80-foot-long Greater McAllen Railroad. The region's top dignitaries joined 11 celebrity guests like the Dallas Cowboys' Nate Newton and Tony Hill, telenovela stars, celebrity hosts, and more, all making sure to connect with those that mattered most. 13 marching bands filled the 1.5-mile parade route with music, and the parade closed with over 30,000 visitors enjoying the area's best food and live concerts at McAllen's famous Christmas in the Park celebration. The five-time IFEA voted Best Parade in the World and newly awarded Festival and Event City was brought to life by over 2,700 volunteers and participants, generating millions of dollars of economic impact for the region. Parade Magic welcomed families from across Texas, generating millions of advertising impressions, plus a special Christmas rebroadcast in Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and top Latino markets across the U.S. Celebrating the holidays in the South Pole of Texas brings us closer together. And there are no greater traditions than the Vuelta and the McAllen Holiday Parade, presented by HEB and powered by Burt Ogden. See you next year at our 10th anniversary. Hello, everybody. My name, again, is Cindy Trevino. And um, on this next slide, um, we, as you can see, we had over 180,000 people attend this past year's parade. It may be a little less, of course, than last year, but again, it did rain on our parade. But no matter what, <laughs> we made it happen. I mean, we're, we're, we have the best employees with the city of McAllen. Everybody knew what to do and, and to make the, the show go on. Um, one one thing that I uh, that I liked that I wanted to share with you all is I was able to see the parade route on what it looked like personally because I actually helped one of the sponsors push a balloon down the parade route <laughs> even though I was exhausted I was like I need to go help them out but um, I was able to see the entire crowd and no matter what if it was raining they were there with their families enjoying it and I know you all had the vuelta zone in a certain location. But down the parade route, they are yelling, chanting Vuelta the entire route. So that, that was really awesome. So the balloons would still spin in other areas too, but of course the Vuelta zone is the main zone. So, um, so yes, like I said, we had over 180,000 people attend our, our parade. Um, this past year we had 55 um, handcrafted illuminated floats. Of course, this is your South Padre Island float that, that our team designed for you at our float studio. Um, I love working with, with Lori and everybody on, on this project on what fits best for, for your float. Um, we also had 32 giant character balloons. And um, of course, we, we needed Ridley, your sea turtle, um, there as well. So as you can see right here, he's um, we have the volunteers doing the Vuelta and your Vuelta Zone. Um, also, so we had, um, as I mentioned, 32 giant character balloons. But this year, 
Um, General Mills was actually one of our new sponsors that came in, so they had a cinnamon toast crunch emoji. Um, so that was one of our new sponsors, and we had Chick-fil-A, their cow um, balloon also came in, and PNC Bank. So we had several new um, balloons that were that were added this, this past year to our parade. Um, we also had um, 13 top marching bands, and these bands come from all over the valley. And um, what the city does is we, we, give, them, we give each band $1,000 that they can do whatever they need to with that money, so that way they can get what they need for their band. Um, but we do this as, well, to say thank you for participating in, in our parade. Here's just a few more bands um, marching down the Vuelta Zone. Um, also, um, to make this parade possible, we bring down our, our celebrities. And Dallas Cowboys are, are, well, as you all know, are very famous in the Valley. So um, we had several of the Dallas Cowboy legends participate um, this past year. We couldn't get the newer players because the following day, the Dallas Cowboys had a football game. So we brought in the Dallas Cowboy legends. And of course, Mario Lopez came back as our um, parade host. And, um, and then of course, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. So um, the, other, the other neat thing to say is that we do an economic study, a, a survey done by, the, by UTRGV. And um, out of that survey, 73% of the attendees that come to this parade um, come for, to see the celebrities. And go Good morning. My name is Arturo Limones. I'm the Marketing and Special Events Administrator with Parks and Rec in McAllen. Thank you guys for having us here this morning. I'm just going to go over some more of the numbers. This year, we did have 2,700 volunteers and participants. This was an increase from last year. And we're very grateful for these volunteers that show up because there's no guarantee that they'll be with us event day. Uh, what we like to say in the department is you can plan, plan, plan all you want for the event, but it's not going to matter until it actually happens. So we're very thankful that you know these different organizations, school students show up and actually help out despite the conditions that they might be facing. And then we have a great team that organizes the volunteer efforts for all of our events, and uh, you know we couldn't we couldn't put on the show without them. So our sponsor investment this year was over $1 million. This is also an increase from 2021. And looking at numbers like this, it's important that the public knows the McAllen Holiday Parade is you know, backed by that sponsor investment. So the numbers are very important so the public is aware of what we do. It's a question that we get often at the department of, oh, you're spending our money to put on an event like this. No, we don't want to spend your money but we want to produce a high quality event. That's why we do rely on the sponsor investment. And as uh, Cindy mentioned, there is an economic study done with UTRGV and based on their uh, surveys and their own data that they collected, it was actually an 11.8 million economic impact. And this is an annual survey that the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley takes uh, from their Data and Information Services Center. And this consists of on-site intercept surveys and post-event surveys from people that are a part of the event. And they go over a wide range of information and metrics that relate to the different planning benefits for us and the community and our partners, such as yourselves. 
And then in looking at the rebroadcast information, the parade is broadcast on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in the top 31 Latino markets in the United States. And we know how important it is to maintain relationships with our media partners because we're all about expanding our reach, making sure people are aware of what we're putting on in McAllen, what we're doing in the Valley, and what you know, also South Padre Island is doing in partnership with us as well. And so this is a US audience of over 2 million people. And so this is just more information related to you know, the different demographics that we're hitting specifically in Texas. Uh, this is 12 different cities and their different English and Spanish broadcasts that are taking place. And then, of course, we broadcast again in the Rio Grande Valley, not only uh, through, you know, uh, just on TV with the Reed broadcast, but we also stream on Facebook through our different social media channels. We have several uh, different social media that we use to promote and broadcast the event itself. And we're also uh, hosting the rebroadcast in Spanish in Mexico across um, uh, you know, many different states and cities. We're located right across the border, so it's the perfect audience for us to target to get our story out there. And then this is just a coverage map of the area that we hit specifically in Monterrey, Matamoros, is in there, Reynosa, Rio Bravo, Progreso, Tampico, Victoria, Nuevo Laredo, and Ciudad Juarez, también. <laughs> so, and uh, we have a 97% brand recall, and as I mentioned before, it's important for the public to know who our sponsors are, that way they're aware of who's backing this event, because at the end of the day, we do want to be providing these high-quality, well-produced uh, events for the community and everyone involved. And 100% of the costs are generated by our partners, and we know that you know this exposure to the thousands of potential consumers of the products from our partners or services or destinations is very important. So uh, as Cindy and Arturo mentioned, the metrics that um, I'm going to share with you following um, on this slide and the previous were generated through on-site and post-event intercept surveys conducted by the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley um, Department of Statistics. So we have partnered with them throughout the nine years of the event, and the information that they provide to us is valuable. And um, for us, in terms of our planning and future development and enhancements of our events, but also uh, valuable information that we hope um, is important and useful to our partners. Some of the questions that are asked uh, relate to ethnicity, income level, group size, et cetera. In terms of the attendance numbers for the McAllen Holiday Parade, 45% of our attendees were Hispanic, 24% white, and 31% other. In terms of the income, uh, of our attendees, we had 22% uh, of, or excuse me, 15% of our attendees reported an income level of less than $15,000. 22%, dollars uh, 15000 to $35,000. 22% uh, reported an income level of $35,000 to $75,000. And 29% uh, reported an income level of $75,000 to $150,000. Uh, 12% uh, told us through the on-site intercept surveys that their household income was more than $150,000. Another really important question that we consistently see um, 
stay consistent, excuse me, throughout the last few years is the group size. So the McAllen Holiday Parade is truly a family event. It All of our attendees uh, come in groups of four or more. So it's not just mom, dad, brother, and sister. It's tia, tío, grandma, grandpa. We see large group sizes coming out to enjoy the event, and that has been a consistent uh, metric that we've received through this uh, survey. Another thing that's quite important to us is continuing to find ways uh, pre-event and post-event in terms of brand presence. South Padre Island is included in what we like to call the logo lock that you'll see on the top of this slide. There are five sponsors that have um, this right based on their level of investment and support of the event. South Padre Island is one of those. We decided that it was important for the ongoing partnership and making sure that the brand presence was there uh, to include the South Padre Island brand in everything that we do. So the metrics that I'm going to share with you in terms of impressions, reach, broadcast, uh, while they might be different for partners who are not included in the logo lock in terms of their brand placement, the McAllen Holiday Parade logo lock is included on everything that we do. So the numbers we're going to share with you um, are, are applying to South Padre Island's brand presence. We did have 13 press events leading up to the McAllen Holiday Parade. This is the most uh, press events that we've done uh, throughout the last nine years. This is the second year that we have hosted a press conference uh, that features announcements of the upcoming event at South Padre Island. And we love working with the team in terms of ensuring that that press conference is effective. It um, brings media to South Padre Island and shares the message of the partnership and, of course, the overall event, including the South Padre Island Vuelta Zone. We launched tickets at that press conference for the South Padre Vuelta Zone, which was once again sold out prior to the event. Uh, this is definitely a place where people want to be and enjoy the event uh, firsthand on the parade route. I will share, uh, for eight years, my family has um, had their seat in the stadium. I purchased the tickets, and that's where they watch from. And they enjoy it. They love it. But last year, the question that I got afterward, because my phone was dead, so this was like a Sunday morning conversation, was, what was going on on the street? Because that's where the party was. And I said, that was the South Padre Island Vuelta Zone. And this year, that's where their tickets were. And they had the best time. And we'll never want to sit in the stadium again. Um, but, you know, it was definitely um, an exciting time for them. They enjoyed uh, the gifts and the swag that they get. And uh, last night, another side note, I was, I was tucking my daughter and she was wearing her Vuelta Zone shirt. And she said, Mom, why are you staring at my shirt? And I said, well, I'm going there in the morning to talk about the Vuelta Zone. So it was a good sign, right? Um, but definitely the South Padre Island Vuelta Zone and the evolution of the Vuelta from year one um, definitely couldn't have been as impactful as it has been for the last two years without your partnership. So I think that we can definitely count it as a successful activation. We want to share a message in as many possible ways as we possibly can. The great thing about the McAllen Holiday Parade is that from day one, the 16 media partners that you see here have been partners of the event. So while we do have traditional, traditional media arrangements in terms of 
uh, promotion of the event leading up to it, they're also partners. So that they are invested in that way as well in terms of sharing the message of the event. And these partnerships continue to be strong and strengthen over uh, each year. In terms of the integrated marketing and media campaign, our ad impressions generated 98.6 million impressions, uh, which represents a 5% increase from 2021. The media value was $1.78 million, with an 8.7% increase uh, compared to our 2021 uh, media value. In terms of digital media, our McAllen Holiday Parade social media pages generated 10.7 million impressions, which represents a 64.5% increase from 2021. All digital media included 14.9 million impressions. Uh, the great thing is, of course, we have wonderful media partners who share our messaging across their social media platforms. Our McAllen Holiday Parade definitely sees an uptick as we lead up to the event in terms of attendees, potential new attendees coming to our social media platforms for information. But on top of that, one great thing that I think is an added value for our partners, for our events, is that as a city organization, all of our departments have their own identity on social media, their own social media presence, and they reach different people, right? So the McAllen Convention Center is not necessarily going to have all of the same followers as our government page, or our Parks and Recreation page, or our Metro uh, Transit uh, social media presence. So the great thing about that is, as a whole, we all receive the content and we share it um, in line with the outline, as you can see, as our marketing agency tells us. So they'll send us um, the content, the captions, whatever it is that we need to share. And individually, as individual departments, we, can, we have the freedom to adjust that a little bit in the voice that our follower understands, right? But the beauty of it is we're reaching all of these different um, groups of people. So that's definitely um, an asset that we leverage quite strongly leading up to the event. Uh, we also include dedicated social media ads as part of the South Padre Island Partnership, and those are pushed out prior to the event, and then we do some post-event as well. Here's an example of one that was uh, shared in October in conjunction with the press conference that we hosted here. Uh, South Padre Island does uh, also receive logo inclusion in digital media, website, and partner sites, including the ones I just mentioned across our entire organization. Uh, once again, the sizing and placement of the South Padre Island brand identity is um, at a higher level than other sponsors based on level of investment and based on our uh, decision to include it in the logo lock. Here are just some examples of some printed materials that we uh, distribute as well leading up to the event. So the McAllen Utility Bill uh, stuffer, we send out several thousand copies uh, in our utility bills. Our newspaper front page, we do still use that traditional uh, media platform. And just to touch base, because I think it uh, kind of coincides with the presenter prior to us, as you'll see here, there are certain areas like our bus wraps, like these flyers, where you'll see that we pulled out the logo lock uh, sponsors to get a bigger placement, right? So if we had left them uh, locked with the logo, the place the logo would end up smaller than the other sponsors. So there are certain situations where you'll see that we pull it from the logo to ensure that the sizing is appropriate. Uh, 
And these are examples of that. And of course, uh, any opportunity for branding, but also in you know, the model of a parade, each element does have the branded uh, lead banner going down the parade route. Uh, the great thing about that is that not only do we have the Ridley balloon uh, being led by the South Padre Island brand, but also your float. So in addition to the South Padre Island Vuelta Zone, and the uh, float, you get the brand presence on the um, balloon as well. We try to keep them in close proximity, but also spaced apart enough to where you get that double exposure uh, down the parade route. Um, another thing that I wanted to share with you that is relative to the um, UTRGV study is that uh, we, one question that we ask is, why do you come to the parade? And South Padre Island is represented in, represented in the top two reasons why our attendees come to the parade. 83% come to see the floats and 77% come to see the balloons. So we feel that that, along with the other activations that I mentioned, definitely add to um, that brand presence for South Padre Island. And we just wanted to share with you in terms of the hospitality that we included, we did include uh, 100 VIP stadium tickets, which we transitioned to uh, South Padre Island Wealth Zone tickets, uh, meet and greet tickets at the stadium for the celebrities that we um, shared before, parking passes and um, invitations to the pre-event sponsor reception where you receive all of your items. Uh, we did have floats on display at this reception where um, sponsors could view them ahead of time. And uh, that's something that we'll continue to do. So once again, thank you. Uh, this float that you see here uh, was definitely something that we were excited to see come to life. Uh, you know, I get the opportunity to visit the McAllen Float Studio quite often as they're the team that I work, uh, one of the teams that I work very closely with. And it was amazing to see it I am always amazed to see um, the construction of a float go from one sheet of foam to these beautiful cutouts, this castle, and I can't say enough about the talent of our team. One thing that, two things actually, that we did do this year um, to continue to enhance the builds of our floats is that we incorporated flex we incorporated flex neon into the lighting of the floats, which you'll see here. So this is a new type of lighting um, as opposed to what we've done before in terms of the rope lighting. South Padre Island's float was selected as one of those to have the flex neon integrated into it. Uh, the beauty of this is that we have one piece of lighting and we can change the colors um, throughout the different areas of the float, which is really great. Another thing that we did was incorporate uh, mesh lighting uh, that is sends, um, it's like motion messaging. So we incorporated that into our McAllen Holiday Parade float. Um, and, you know, we continue to find ways to enhance our float builds to make sure that the brands that choose to support us at that uh, level are getting um, the, high, the highest quality product that we can provide. Uh, we are excited to be traveling with the South Padre Island float this weekend to Charo Days for both of the parades. As we discussed last time we were here, the build of this float was always kept in mind 
um, the traveling factor. So the size and the scope of it was definitely designed with that in mind to make sure that we were able to travel as far as San Antonio or further if need be and if you chose to do so. Uh, in working with the CBB team, we do have on our calendar to travel with the South Padre Island float again this weekend to both parades, the Rio Grande Valley Livestock Show and the Fiesta Flambeau Parade in San Antonio. So we're definitely looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing um, the South Padre Island representatives riding um, in those parades. So once again, thank you for your time. Do you have any questions for us? Thank you. I have a question for the staff. Um, did we buy some TV spots, commercials during this broadcast? I thought maybe we did. I don't recall. Yeah. Is that something to consider for next year? Will we look at that to see? Because it yeah. seems like it would make sense to pair well. Um, I can share with you, um, for example, Bird Ogden Auto Group from year one. They have their film team out there, mm -hmm. and their holiday commercial is based on their presence at the parade. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's something that our sponsors have done in the past. Wonderful. May I ask if you, what kind of feedback you've received? Is there any confusion that South Potter Allen is sponsoring a, a parade in McAllen? None at all. Okay. And, you know, I always, we were just meeting with another partner who traveled in to visit us. And we, you know, the topic comes to the South Potter Island Wealth Zone. And I always say, it's, it's not the mold, right? A city supporting another city and coming together for... Um, something like this. And I think that the uniqueness of it is always going to bring it to the forefront. Um, and so that's definitely something that's always part of the conversations that we have. So definitely no confusion with our partners. And I think that the fact that we've sold out two years in a row, mm -hmm. the first year, nobody knew even what it was. And we were sold out, I think, two weeks prior to the event, a week and a half. Uh, so definitely, I don't think that there's any confusion in terms of the partnership. All right. Well, you'll, you'll let us know, of course, if there's any adjustments we need to make so that people understand that we're inviting them to visit us. Yes. That we want them to visit us. Gentlemen, any questions, comments for them? Thank you for the report. Y'all have done a wonderful job. Congratulations on all your, all your, on your, all of your success with Thank this Thank you event. very much. We couldn't do it without y'all. <clears throat> you. Thanks. Y'all stay for lunch somewhere. <laughs> we will. <laughs> um, all right, we'll move to item 5.3, presentation and discussion regarding the CVB monthly report. Good morning, April. You know, going after them is very hard to follow for me. <laughs> I think it's this one. But I will say, um, since we're on the holiday um, topic, we did move our parade up to Saturday, November 25th for the boat parade, so maybe McAllen can have a boat in our <laughs> Okay. Boat Parade. Um, I'm April Brown, the Idea. Special Events Manager. Um, so this February, we had the SPI Kite Fest. Um, the indoor show hosted um, over 1,000 attendees. And the Friday and Saturday, even with the weather on one of the days, they had about 5,100 attendees um, on the flats uh, and outside of the convention center. They also had like indoor uh, participation, which was new this year for those days on Friday and Saturday. Um, Wowie was hosted um, earlier this month as well at the Hilton Garden Inn, and they saw just over 1,000 attendees. Um, for this coming month, 
uh, uh, the special events team, uh, we are going to, I, I guess, are going to help assist with a spring break during Texas week and um, uh, with the rest of the CBB team. SPI Sprint Triathlon is moving from, Par uh, excuse me, from Paradise to Jim's Pier, and that is going to be the last Saturday of March. Um, their attendance looks really well. And then I uh, just wanted to also mention, if you haven't received this calendar, it's an 11 by 17 front and back with the event for the next six months. Um, we have more at the convention center, at our visitor center. So if you need one, call us, email us. Uh, we can drop it by. You can stop by and pick it up. Any questions? Nope. April. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Myra Nunez, uh, Sales and Services Manager for the SPI CBB. How is everybody? Um, we weren't here last month, so the uh, slides that we're showing are numbers for the month for the first quarter of the fiscal year, November and December. Our um, focus has been changed to try and start early this year with our off-season um, under Blake's uh, direction, and um, we are hoping to be able to focus more on our shoulder dates during the summer and our off-season. With that being said, for the month of December, the leads that were sent were 48. Uh, for that month, uh, 42 of them being for 2023, five of them for 2024, and one for 2025. For the ones for 2023, six were for the off-season, and 15 of them were brand new. Uh, new clients that we hadn't had in-house before or in um, hotels. So uh, that was really enlightening to get 15 new leads. Um, the room nights books were 3,200, and the actualized room nights, 2,500. Uh, two of the um, events that we were able to rebook for the shoulder dates was Glaciers, um, and that is in October of 2023, and Dance Educators in November of 2023. We did have two site visits, uh, and these two are interested for September of this year, and they look very promising. Um, with Mara, we are working with a third-party meeting planner, and we're waiting for their confirmation, uh, hopefully by next week, and TASA will be signing. Uh, they haven't, they are finally selecting a hotel property this week. Great. Um, as far as group service, our incentive program, and one that we're really proud of, uh, includes our group services, which is the coordination of um, uh, a welcome by our city official and posting of the colors, a color guard, and then also an invocation since we have a chaplain. And that was all done uh, for the Texas Association of Assessing Officers. And our um, Ken Metters, our councilman, was uh, able to attend and do the welcome. And the SPIPD did the posting of the colors and also an invocation. And they are rebooking for 2024. We did some travel. Um, David attended RCMA through, uh, which was Emerge 2023, with Team Texas. This is a new uh, team that has formed with the North Texas associations and CVBs. Um, they were uh, courteous enough to in, to include us, and we uh, partnered with them. And they had a Texas Isle at Emerge, which was attended by close to 2,500 meeting planners, uh, faith-based meeting planners. Um, with RFPs, uh, we were able to receive three of them, and we're working on them. It's for future years. We also attended Southwest Showcase, which we had not been since 2020. We did a new uh, phase to our booth, 
And as you can see there, um, it was a little high end, but we were able to be right next to the to our Comsets, Corpus, Galveston, and um, uh, all the big boys, Dallas and Houston were also there. It right, was, right where we should be. Good job. It, exactly. It looks fantastic. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, and it was, it was very well attended. We got two RFPs from there. One is TDCAA, which is the uh, Texas District Attorney's 500 room nights on peak. Uh, we're hoping to uh, present a bid packet to uh, Blake for approval and hopefully seal that within this coming month, of, coming month of March. We also have a side visit with the rural carriers, letter carriers, and that one's for 2025. And that one is about 200 um, room nights on peak, 250 attendees. It'll also be something new. The last time they were here was in 2013. And that is it for us. Any questions? Uh, Myra, thank you very much for all the great work. <coughs> what do you feel like that you still need going forward to help attract business? Uh, well, uh, we have got all the tools. You know, we do have a meeting guide that sort of needs to be revamped with all the, if there's any new branding and we're hope, hopefully that will get done soon. Um, and other than that, just uh, the incentive programs are getting very um, aggressive. You know, they have uh, sponsorships, they have grants that they're calling them, and it's really just uh, subsidies and sponsorships mm -hmm. towards their uh, conference expenses. <coughs> so that is something that we're hoping to bring to the table to Blake and maybe revisit and see if we can also, um, you know, bring something new and maybe some sort of tier program, dependent on room nights, uh, revisit that also, that program. On the lost business, mm -hmm. is it uh, the, do we have enough inventory to house these people? Do we have the flights? Do we have the meeting space? Are, are these issues still coming up? Have things gotten better or? Um, it's the same. TDCA is a perfect example. We're going to have to share with other properties. We're trying to accommodate uh, their requirements as far as uh, breakout rooms. They're requesting 10 to 12 breakout rooms, so we're going to have to expand that. And with that comes transportation cost. Um, mm -hmm. It will be citywide. They'll have three host hotels plus additional uh, overflow properties. And it's uh, very, very, um, you know, um, what do I want to say? We have to sit down and, and really the coordinating all of this stuff. Yes, absolutely. So there is a little bit more cost, but we are able to house them um, with the VRMs. Okay. Maybe we are sending that out also. Good. And um, we're getting very creative um, as far as meeting space. Uh, alternative venues outside are also, you know, something that they're mm -hmm. requesting and they're wanting. So we're, we're looking at, you know, hosting off-site events. Uh, this event hosts 1,100 people for one of their outside receptions. So it's it's huge. Right, right. It's huge. Um, it, some of the lost business is still asking for lower rates on the rooms. But, you know, it's sort of getting moderate. Uh, and everybody's working with us. We're meeting. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're trying at least once a month to meet with different hotel partners and updating them. We're sending um, monthly reports on the leads that are pending and the leads that haven't been answered. So uh, I feel that everybody's coming on board and helping us with everything that we need. Great. I wonder if the issue of convention business would be a good impetus to form a hotel association out here on the island. You're not busy enough? I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not offering to, I'm not in the hotel business, but I, I'm just saying that. Answering that one. 
we're trying to set the example from a vacation rental standpoint and, and finding some real value in working together. And I'm wondering if it would behoove some of our partners to be able to, or hotel partners to be able to get together and deal with that that way. That to Renee, I guess. He's the hotel guy. That's her. <laughs> I say that I don't know that they, I mean, it's so it's such a small group of people these days that are controlling the lion's share of the inventory that I don't know that how complicated it really should be. Isn't it only like six people that are controlling these rooms for the most part, unless you have to deal, I mean, I assume group wants beachfront. Yeah, some, you know, in, but with overflows, it's, you know, we still reach out to the limited service hotels also, mm -hmm. and they've come on board. They're all answering. I like these new ones that we have here as well. Yeah. And there's another one being built close to the convention center. Yeah, our quality is definitely getting up there, and, and nobody's making a fuss over, you know, our overflow properties. So. Okay. Well, again, I just think that there's value in the, in the association if we get communication better makes it easier for you. We can go out there and then you can talk about the, the things you're talking about and the incentives and other types of issues, the rates and so on, uh, oh. that would help to fill them and, up more. And, and Myra would know because there have been, there's probably been four or five different versions of these meetings that take place and I don't know, sometimes it seems to fall apart for some reason, right. being consistent. Renee, Renee, Thank Renee. Thank Renee. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Morning. Um, Good morning. Good morning. Marketing and Communication Specialist. Uh, three quick things that aren't in the pres presentation that we wanted to talk about. Uh, going back to Sean's point about the McCann Holiday Parade, we didn't buy any radio spots or TV spots, but during the interviews that Denise and I had with Televisa and Telemundo, that's right. That's right. That's parade. what. Okay. Thank you. Uh, second point recently, we did acquire the domain name visitsalpajuan.com. So that's actually set up so it redirects to salpaju.com. So if you test it out right now, it'll lead to our website. Great. Uh, third off, going back to the photography points that Atkins had mentioned about the new images, everything that we lend out to partners is on Crowdrift. That's our digital asset management system. All the images there, all the new ones, none of the old ones that we've lost rights to are there, so it's all brand new images. We will be sending out an email to partners soon with the one sheet on all the information they need to create their accounts and get those images. It's just an approval process. You make your account, we approve it, you request certain images, and then we approve it. Great. Good. I've seen some presentations that the city did on the Shoreline Task Force and whatnot that have drone fo drone photos of some of the beach renewishment. I don't know how that ties into anything, but seeing the before and after tells a story. If that's something that y'all wind up including somewhere, it's obviously working. The ex beach expansion. Yeah, they, I know they have those images, and then we do have our own drone with the convention center. Uh, so we still need to upload some of more images to Crowder, but you will have more uh, aerial beach shots too there. Great, thank you. Of course. Uh, going over the organic social media overview, here we do have the top performing posts for Facebook during the month of January. The top three posts included the highlight for remembering that Beach Park will be opening up its doors on April 22nd. Uh, posts about SpaceX always get good traction, get good reach, and of course our beach views highlighting the beautiful views of SPI. Here's the video breakdown for the month of January for Facebook. Instagram audience growth, we have been getting consistent growth on Instagram. We've seen good numbers over the last couple of months and we keep seeing that consistent growth. 
The top post for January, of course, Denise does an amazing job with her reels, and they're always the best performing posts. Uh, during January, we did have one for a recap of 2022, all the amazing events that we had and different things that people could check out. The second post was plan for a national vacation day. Of course, we want to push that movement that when people plan vacations, they want to choose South Padre Island for all the amazing things we have. And the last one was a UGC video that we pulled from Crowdrift of someone sharing a beautiful shot they got of the beach. There you go. Uh, TikTok's Mahi Nick did really well, especially with their push for a national cook your catch day. Again, the Real did also, or the TikTok did well for a national vacation day and also UGC as well. Same thing on TikTok, we do see a consistent growth every month. Uh, it's doing well and Denise does an amazing job on that. Influencer, back in 2021, we did bring this influencer, the Bucket List Latina, and she recently reshared some of her content highlighting Port Isabel and SPI. It continues to show that as long as we keep bringing in these influencers and building up those relationships, they keep sharing content of SPI even without us asking to. And you can see here it did very well, especially for the Lighthouse and the Birding Center. Moving on to Cision. Here for the month of January, we had a total of 1.1K total mentions with a total reach and impressions of 6.1 billion, giving us a total publicity value of 11.46 million. May I ask you a question about that? It seems that we're always number one with share of voice. I find that hard to believe. I mean, compared to some of these other destinations that are just larger in general, I would think that other things taking place, you know, Dustin, for example. How is this metric work exactly that it... So we actually had a meeting with Cision yesterday over these numbers because they do seem a bit inflated sometimes. Right. Uh, they're setting up new tools to give us more accurate measurements. Example, the reach is 6.1 billion. That seems a bit too high. He told us about a new impact tool that they implemented that shows accurate views per article. I think this one is based on impressions. Like even if you see the article, but you don't read it, it counts it as an impression. Mm -hmm. but the right. new number that they're going to give us will be actual people who read the articles or saw the new cast. So when he showed us yesterday, I think the accurate number was 700 and something thousand mm -hmm. views, okay. which okay. led to the actual publicity value. Yeah. Well, if you could approach the podium, sorry, as we have some people watching online. No, I was thinking when you're looking at these numbers, if you could, if it, if it is possible to ask for some benchmarks so you can compare our numbers with some other group of destinations. That way we can see how we compare to them and how we have been evolving to them. I don't know if they can provide that. Yeah. Yeah, we can definitely ask for that. We did recently get a new account rep. That's why we met with them yesterday. So that's why he's providing us more accurate numbers. Thank Zimmerman, Tag, all these people involved. I mean, I don't know, just throwing it out there. I don't want us to be... Uh, I don't ever, I want us to be number one, but I don't want us to fool ourselves in thinking that we're just defeating everybody. Yeah, I think currently the way it's set up, it's picking up articles primarily focused on South Padre Island, but then if they still happen to mention Galveston in the same article, that's where it builds that percentage. Very good, very good, gotcha. Thank you. <coughs> Session reports showing top stories and then the countries. Of course, we're always number one in US or all of our stories are primarily US, followed by India, United Kingdom, Canada, Brazil, and so on and so forth. PR efforts for the month of January, we did have only one interview this time around, which was with Channel 4. 
holiday National Cricket Catch Day, and then they visited Mahi Nick. We had two total press releases, again, the push for National Cricket Catch Day and Kite Fest. And a lot of the articles that came out during January were highlighting Valentine travel. <coughs> Moving on to the in-house creative. While we're still waiting for the rebranding to finish up, we're still sticking with the this or that campaign that Z Team provided. So some of those ads came mm -hmm. out. But we are moving while waiting for the rebranding, more general ads highlighting the beautiful views of South Padre Island. There's your beach, Ernie. Is that what you're referring to? Exactly. Looks great. And these are in uh, the aerial views are in-house images, and those will be on CrowdRiff. See? It means we can pick those up and use those. Well, any of the partners can. Uh, sales Creative, this is done in-house for Myra. This was an e-blast that went out during the month of January. It highlights different ways to get to South Padre Island, team building activities, and everything we have to offer. The S South Padre Island CTA program is still going strong. During January, we had 10 attendees for our class, bringing us up to 146 total certified advisors. We did have a good turnaround for February as well, which we'll cover next month. But the main thing to highlight was that we will not be hosting a class in March due to how busy it gets. I went to the one in February. It was good. We had Mr. Arnie Crennan join us for the February good. class, and we had a variety of businesses join us, and he can attest to how much information you can learn during Did you class. learn anything? You always learn something. It's like reading a book. You always learn something. <laughs> Thank you for attending. You know, our team, does <laughs> our, our team does a great job with this program, and it's just, just really cool to hear our community participation in it. And five, five or six employees, I think, that were there. Yeah, it was a good turnout. We had your group, uh, Friends of Animal Rescue, right. Isla Grand, right. Texas Sportsmen, and other businesses. Awesome. Great job. Any questions? I guess not. Thank you so much. We'll see you next month. That, that picture that was just up. Can you go back to the last picture? Uh, That's called the money shot. No, I'm serious. I know, Arnie. I'll use different words. <laughs> no, 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 no. So that one right there. That is a wonderful picture of the island. It's got, you got the, is that the pirate boat? No, that's a shrimp boat. Shrimp boat, okay. But I, I hear what you're saying, Arnie. It, sh it shows us... It, an island. Yeah. And that does not look like any of our direct competitors. No. They don't have that. No. Uh -uh. <clears throat> it's got the bridge. It's got, it's got everything. Yeah, and it goes back to whenever uh, we reach out doing any Facebook Lives or showing off your properties, we also get photos and videos as well. It's not just the social media aspect. It's the future use of photography as well. Yeah, no, that is a great South Padre Island picture. Got it. Thank you. Okay, moving to item 5.4, our city secretary said that we could table this again because we're missing two members, but I'm gonna, just gonna open up a motion to you gentlemen, see what you wanna do. I think we should motion to table it until the next meeting and have a little bit better attendance. Okay, is there a second? Okay. Seconded by Mr. Valdez. Uh, any discussion? Guess we're on the same page there. I hope, I mean, next month we get all seven individuals here. Uh, I hate to ask this question, but it's Daniel and who else? 
Bob. Bob, okay. So, all right, all in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Item 5.5, discussion of possible action regarding a feasibility study for the LED Queen Isabella Causeway lighting project. Um, this is something um, I'd like to explore going forward. I know it's been talked about in the past about lighting up our causeway. Um, Randy and I met with one particular vendor that we were dealing with prior to COVID about the possibility and exploring that and what would that would look like. Uh, I'd like to request a feasibility study be done on it uh, to outline different uh, options in LED lighting. Uh, I believe that the cost of lighting the entire causeway up in the linear uh, square footage would be uh, exorbitant, and I, I don't think we have the funds to, to fund that. Um, so certain pillars would have to be identified with LED lights, and uh, in the process, we can create some sort of nighttime attraction to our Bay visitors and residents, uh, and give us another destination masterpiece to sell, and it would be, quite honestly, a super cool look for visitors to cross the causeway during the evening hours uh, to have that causeway uh, lit up. I've had a lot of luck in the past, in my, uh, in, like the Louisville Walking Bridge, uh, which which turned out to be a great hit for the city down the road um, by creating that nighttime attraction. So I'm requesting that we uh, go ahead with a feasibility study. Uh, the cost would probably be twenty to $25,000, um, probably, but that I, I'm not quite sure how firm that is uh, on what it would really take as far in, in, in keeping in mind the the quality of the LED lights, how they would how would they just fare with our saltwater situation? Um, keeping in mind um, turtle attraction and, and, and uh, the voltage of the LED lights, et cetera, et cetera. But I think uh, our destination deserves um, something like this. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I'm I'm motion to agree. Motion to approve that. I'll second it. All right. Um, don't we need to put a dollar amount in there somewhere? I mean, we've gotten in trouble before for just saying, yeah, do it without any cost associated. Cost would not exceed $25,000 for a feasibility study. Renee, will you modify your motion? To I motion to approve the feasibility study um, up to $25,000. I'll second. Would you discuss with Yeah, we're in. Um, should we put in a little bit more than 25 in case it's like 27 or we get a little leeway? Uh, right. Yeah. I said no more than 50, $50,000. Yeah. 50 is a cutoff threshold there. We're enabling right, you. So want I'd motion to approve the feasibility study for the uh, lighting project uh, up to $50,000 without. I'll second that. So now we're up to. 50, 25. <laughs> I, I do not want to spend $50,000 on a feasibility study. Which, so. uh, which budget does <laughs> Which budget does it come out of? It would probably come out of the city. We'd have to go Yeah. It would probably come out of this fiscal year. We'll just have to go to council and ask for the money. This is not a budgeted item. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Maybe they go to council so you can, you know, hear what they have to say too. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, any more discussion? 
All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Henry. I think it should be all in favor say light it up. <laughs> okay, uh, 5.6, discussion of possible action to approve the funding request for H SPI Beach Bash Skate Jam in June of this year. Mrs. Brown? Mrs. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> it is scheduled. Still a newlywed, still blushing. <laughs> Uh, the Beach Bash Skate Jam is it's on its second year. It is turned into a two-day event. It's held every year. Last year on Go Skate Day, so it is a Tuesday, a Wednesday, Thursday event. Um, they are requesting four thousand dollars, and the SEC approved them for three thousand in marketing. And also, we would be assisting them with um, some shuttles from the CVB parking lot, the convention center parking lot, down to the skate park because there's not enough parking for um, the amount of attendees that they had last year. Any questions? What was Mr. Henry's recommendation? Uh, it, he said 3000 as well. 3000 in marketing. And they were good with it. They were very <clears> grateful. Okay. Motion to approve funding for $3,000. Second. Discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. 5.7, discussion of possible action to approve the funding request for the 83rd annual Texas International Fishing Tournament on August 23. It's very familiar. They're requesting a twenty-five thousand, and they were approved for twenty-five thousand. Motion to approve. Tift funding. Second. Okay. Uh, do, they, do they? What's the situation with the convention center? Are they paying for it? They're getting a discount. They do receive a discount. They pay uh, ten thousand dollars, and they get fifteen thousand on a discount. Okay. That's consistent for the previous years. Any any other comments? Questions? I'd just like to remind everybody we partnered up with Sports Fishing Championship this year. Um, so we expect to see a lot um, of national coverage on CBS, uh, CBS Sports um, with this, uh, the 83rd TIFT uh, uh, fishing tournament. I guess it was just a coincidence that I have wear the shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's great. We used that's to get them for free, but it has been, it's been a while and the price has gone up. What's going on? All right. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Motion carries. Hope we get a shirt this year. Yeah. 5.8. Discussion of possible action to approve the funder request for the SPI Half Marathon Weekend in November of this year. Correct. Uh, SPI Half Marathon Weekend is scheduled for November 10th through 12th um, at Isla Blanca Park. This is uh, the fifth year they're hosting it. Um, they are requesting $10,000, and the SEC did approve them for the $10,000 in marketing. What was Mr. Henry's recommendation? It was $10,000 as well. Is there a motion? Motion to approve 10,000 to the half marathon. Second. Nope. Great event. Pinkerton got one in there. <laughs> You're so excited, Arnie. All right. Any discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Motion carries. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mrs. Brown. Okay. Uh, spring break. This is with this meeting date. So, gentlemen, please look at your calendars. What's the date for the next meeting, uh, Emma? Uh, that will be Wednesday, March the 29th. All right. Oh, the 29th. Yes, yeah, due to travel um, with staff. Okay. Well, we don't have no spring break conflicts with that. So, Nothing. I don't know when Samana Santa lands this year. Is it in the middle of April, the I guess? Week. The, the second to the ninth is someone Santa. Okay, so does anybody, I mean, any known conflicts, gentlemen, with that? Do you want to travel? 
I guess you'll let Emma know. You could. Because we've been, <laughs> we've been a little short in attendance lately. Okay, 29th. Yeah, and please let him know, everybody, just in case you can't make it, so we can make other arrangements in advance. Meeting is adjourned.